Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody. Uh, So excited to have you joining us today. Here for our show, we're really kicking it up a notch today. We've got joining us an Olympic gold medalist. We've got a sales expert. Um, Obadelli's joining us uh, today from Texas. And then we've got, of course, Sean joining us today from California. So we're all over the country today. And I'm really excited for this show. Um, This show really is all about taking it to the next level when it comes to your life, when it comes to your business, being able to perform at high levels, being able to connect with people, uh, and being able to help people see your worth and value so that you can uh, connect with them and can sell. So first up, as you know, I always love to give my guests an opportunity to brag about themselves. And boy, do I have two guests that have a lot to brag about. In fact, if you guys don't do a good job, I'm going to have to step in and help you because you both have some major accomplishments in your life. Uh, Obadeli, let's start with you. So Obadeli Thompson is coming to us today uh, from Texas, a former Olympian, obviously. But uh, Obadeli, I'd love for you just to tell people a little bit about who you are and brag about some of your accomplishments you again. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Obadele Thompson, and I am originally from Barbados. Uh, everyone knows Barbados now as the tourist destination. Of course, we have produced the one and only Rihanna. Well, a long time ago, um, growing up on the island, I, uh, I came from a place where people really haven't achieved much in terms of track and field. So, Taking you back just a little bit uh, before then, when I was around 13, 14, 15 months, I couldn't even walk. Mm. And, and so my parents, my mom was a nurse, registered nurse. My dad was a, a professor at the university in Barbados. And the doctors had encouraged him. They said, you know, he's not going to walk. I was mm-hmm. really bow-legged. And they said, you know, you're going to have to break his leg, put put him in crutches, kind of like the, the forest gump, put him in embraces and, and stuff. And my parents resisted that. And somehow, miraculously, I was able to, to walk. Fast forward a couple of years, and when I was three years old, um, I was diagnosed with asthma. And in fact, my asthma was so bad that my mom ended up having to work part-time because I was in the hospital so much. Mm-hmm. And so... For me, a lot of my life, uh, my experiences has been about overcoming things where people believe it. it it's not possible to overcome these things mm-hmm. or, or being in a disadvantaged situation. Um, for, for instance, even though I was the best uh, junior athlete in the Caribbean, um, I was unrecruited. I had good academics. No one even knew who I was. It wasn't like the Jamaicans. They all got the scholarships. I remember I had to call the university to be able to, to ask the coach, hey, sight unseen, would you give me a scholarship? And throughout that whole process of having to face adversities, having to, to face situations where people are not as familiar with you, I learned some really important life lessons in terms of 
of believing in yourself, believing in the gifts that God has given you, believing in the people around you who also mm-hmm. see things in your life. I was very fortunate to have a high school coach and his coach who told me at 15 years old, hey, you're an Olympic medalist. You just have to determine what color it is. And for me, it was like effective to someone saying, hey, you're going to walk on water because in Barbados, like I said, we never have that history in sports. So I was very fortunate that by the age of 20, I had made an Olympic finals. I came fourth. Some people might remember Michael Johnson's historic 200-meter run. I was the youngest person there. I had battled past injuries. I got injured two months before at the NCAA championships. And it looked like if my whole Olympic dream was about to explode. And, you know, I was blessed to be able to fight back and to make it to that point where I, I came forth defeating the defending champion and, and many other people. And then four years later, and I'll correct you, Allison, I came third in the 100 meters in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And again, I was coming off of an injury. And, right. and to be able to do that in, in a stadium full of people where you don't even see your flag, like the only flag that I remember seeing was the flag, the one flag that they have for each country at the top of the Olympic Stadium. I don't even recall seeing anyone else in the whole stadium having a Barbados flag. But it, it's something about when you know that, that God has given you a particular talent, God has given you a particular purpose in life that I think fuels you. And so even now in my life, that's the real passion is helping people figure out what is their passion? What's the thing that's driving them? And specifically people who want to improve on where they are and to get to the next level. And I think Mm -hmm. that through the process of everything that I've been through, um, it allows me to speak to those type of people and people who, who really want to achieve everything that is possible for them in this life. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story, Obadeli, and uh, listening listening to you overcome those different struggles, those different challenges from, you know, being told that you had severe problems with your legs, might not be able to walk or perform, you know, even a, a normal functioning level, and then to, to go on. Now, you actually hold a record, don't you? Yeah, I actually set two world records. So one I set for uh, junior athletes. That's athletes under the age of 20. So I established that mark, uh, which has since been broken. And I still hold the record for the 55-meter dash. So I set that when I was in college. So that's about uh, 20-something years. It's still been standing. Congratulations. Okay, so I have a question for you. And it's okay if I call you Oba. I know a lot of people call you Oba. Yeah, absolutely. So, Oba, now you you actually, uh, you know, were able to stand on the medal stand, first medal ever for your country. Uh, Could you take us to that, back to that moment? Yeah, I was extremely blessed to be able to be the first medalist from Barbados. And at the time, it, it really didn't look like it was going to happen. I had about six weeks before the Olympic Games in Sydney, Australia. I was running really well, and then an injury came up. Just I remember completing a, a race in Monaco and walking off the track and barely being able to walk. And apparently, I had done something to a nerve in my toe. So I came away from from running on the European circuit where most athletes get ready 
for the Olympic Games. And I went into the Olympics having competed only once in six weeks, which was pretty much unheard of. Right. And that whole process of finding reasons and motivations and amidst the sea of things that made it look like if it wasn't going to happen, like I already described. You go into a stadium and you hear people shouting, you know, USA, Canada, Jamaica, and there's no one shouting for Barbados. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where 80,000 people are shouting for everyone else but you. And even in during the race, around the 50-meter mark, I was still at the back of the pack. I think I was in either sixth or seventh position. Mm-hmm. I remember distinctly something in my head said, Oh, but remember what you're doing this for. This is bigger than you. And somehow, like like I describe it as a shot of adrenaline into my heart. And over the next five or so seconds, because these races are determined in 10 seconds or less, it felt like it's something infused me and really helped me to focus. And I was able to finish third. Yeah, it wasn't the first I was going for, but at the same point in time, it was such a, a... a big achievement for, for me, for my country, for the people that supported me. And, mm-hmm. and it's an indescribable feeling to know that you've worked hard for so long. And as I said, my coach told me, you're an Olympic medalist, you just have to choose a color. And to be able to put a medal in my coach's hand and say, you know, were, were it not for your belief, I wouldn't be here today. That's an incredible feeling. Love that. Well, thank you so much. And I want to come back. I mean, I think there's so many gold nuggets to pull out of your story. Uh, We'd love to hear some of your tips on high performance under pressure. I know that's something that you're speaking on today. I hear a little bit what happened in between the time you got that medal and up until today. But I want to go over to Sean now. So, Sean, are you there? I am. Hey, Sean, so glad that you're here joining us today from San Diego. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to brag about yourself and some of the achievements that you've had in your life. And I know you've had some some pretty big ones as well in uh, the arena of entrepreneurship and sales and would love to give you an opportunity to brag about that. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and uh, Oba, what a great uh, share. I was loving listening to what you were talking about. So I'm uh, grateful to be here. Uh, for me, I, uh, I grew up in Hollywood and uh, Los Angeles, and I'm the son of an Academy-nominated screenwriter. And so I came into the world really with uh, the role models around me saying that I could be anything that I dreamed. And so mm-hmm. I was always creative. I was always encouraged to be creative. Um, I was always drawing, painting. Uh, doing whatever really came naturally to me, um, sitting next to my dad while he would type away his screenplays. Um, and I grew up in that world in L.A. around a lot of kids whose parents were in the industry. So I kind of was like really inside of the Hollywood world. And um, where I went in my mind was that I was going to be a successful artist of some sort. And as I grew older, went to college, it became clear to me that Music was where I had the most passion, and I started, um, I started freestyle rapping. I started uh, really getting into spoken word poetry, and I started um, finding my way and actually winning some poetry slams and getting myself in a place where I was um, really kind of getting kind of known for being able to rock a crowd. Um, so I always thought I was going to make it. I always thought I was going to be like a signed 
uh, artist and and have a record deal and and you know be on MTV Cribs one day and <laughs> these are all these things going through my yeah. mind and yeah. you know um, basically fast forward to kind of thirty years old really working you know super hard to make albums and get out there and do shows but you know making money as a bartender working in Venice uh, California. And feeling like in spite of all of my efforts, like my future wasn't really going to pan out Mm -hmm. the way that I had always dreamed. And being kind of from that world, you know, my standards were high, my expectations were high. So feeling like I was going to fail in like being in this bar where these kids I went to school with, you know, would come in and I just felt like this this schmo, like I lost basically the game was kind Mm -hmm. of where my mindset was at that point. And I'd always been into personal growth. Uh, I'd always uh, been into things like... um, uh, uh, Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer, you know, Tony Robbins. And so, um, and in fact, all my song lyrics and spoken word were in essence me inspiring people to live uh, their potential. And mm-hmm. I made a decision one day at work that I was going to quit uh, with no backup, no money in the bank, and I was going to do something drastic. And everybody told me I was crazy, but it was the first time in my life that I decided to listen to nobody but myself and really took that leap of faith and it was the best decision. I mean, I'm not recommending necessarily for people that feel like quitting their jobs to do it today, but I am saying that for me, it was the biggest and most empowering moment or in time. I moved to Hawaii, kind of cleaned the slate and Mm -hmm. started studying under Tony Robbins to build a coaching practice. And that put me kind of face to face with the reality that that mindset that I had when I was back in LA wasn't going to work if I was going to try to, you know, make the dreams happen. I realized that I was the, I was the thing that was in the way that life wasn't doing me wrong that, you know, I hadn't caught a bad break or anything like that, but rather that I just sort of had let my mindset sink. And so in Hawaii, I revolutionized that mindset. My actions started to match up with the, um, with the, with the intentions that I had about who I really was in the world and, through consistently kind of rewriting the scripts of who I was and sort of living into that on a daily basis mm-hmm. and building a coaching business, I started to find my way. And I didn't at first uh, feel like sales was going to become something I could do. I, I hated sales going into it. I had always had mm-hmm. a thing about the used car salesman and not wanting to be that or be a telemarketer or any of those energies I had felt. But I had... Uh, sort of found that sales was a natural for me, actually, and once I started to find my way with it. And the way that I found to, through sales was a transformation-based sort of angle, where instead of trying to take from somebody or get the sale, close the sale, um, you know, where it's all transactional, I was coming from this sort of place that I had learned in the coaching training where I was learning to uncover core patterns, would go deeper beneath the surface, help my prospects uncover what it was that was in their way that was inside of them versus some external challenge. Mm -hmm. And basically, I started to step into this realm of this flow energy that was very similar to freestyle rapping for me, where when I was in a sales conversation, there was just a natural kind of direction that the conversation would go that, that was aligned and felt congruent. And that took me, you know, into building a business around training people in sales and where I am today, where I'm brought on by top seven and eight figure um, leaders in the coaching space to help their sales improve, to, you know, help their event sales or, or whether it's uh, online or whatever, they, they bring me on to kind of change the game 
I've been very successful helping them and helping my individual clients. And I think the biggest thing I stand for really is the idea of going from that starving artist mindset where $4,000 a month was like the most I could ever imagine making to, you know, being able to close $100,000 client from a single 60-minute phone call. And that trajectory of transformation for me of believing in my value and knowing that I am somebody who can create great success in the world and that I don't have to follow the starving artist or kind of that struggle is the only way that I can achieve value kind of paradigm that I think a lot of people get trapped mm-hmm. in. And so that's really where I stand from is yeah. really helping people step into their value and be more successful in business from that really empowering place. Well, I love your story. And, you know, the golden nugget that I really have taken out of this uh, segment, and we're about to go here to break, but the golden nugget I've really taken out of this, uh, both with you, Oba, and, and also you, Sean, is is the power of, of shedding labels. <laughs> you know, people may try and label us, say, well, you know, your legs have a problem, or, or you are starving artist, or you are from this country, so you can't do this, or, you know, whatever that is. But just not putting ourselves in that box, not accepting those limiting labels, being able to shed those and say, I want to create my own future. I want to create my own destiny. Next, coming up, we're going to hear from both Sean and Oba. They're going to give us some great tips on how to take our performance to the next level, both in our personal and professional lives. Don't go anywhere. I'm Allison H. Larson. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer, celebrity friends, and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. 
Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Good morning. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm just laughing. I've got my daughter here in studio with me today. She's so cute. She's trying to sneeze and not make a loud noise. We're on break, though, honey, so it's okay. I was trying to convince her to come on with me on, on camera on the radio show, maybe maybe in an upcoming one. She looks really cute today, too. I know this is a radio show, but you can kind of feel that through the airwaves, I think. Uh, anyway, I'm really enjoying it. My kids have fall break this week. My oldest daughter just came in from college last weekend, and uh, we were able to do some really fun things. And I've got two high schoolers and a middle schooler all off of school this week. And I tell you what, I, I know every parent probably says this about their kids, but I love my kids, and I love spending time with them. And um, they're really cool people. So I'm feeling super blessed to have her in studio here today and just wanted to to share that with you. She's here and present. And uh, she's feeling a little embarrassed now. So so we'll, we'll, we'll go back over to you, Sean. Uh, before break, uh, we were just listening to Sean Stewart. Uh, you really, Sean, and I've heard you rap before. You, you are an artist. You were able to take your passion and love for art and turn that into the art form of sales and being able to mm-hmm. to really enroll people. Um, you do that with just such grace and such amazing power. I've had the privilege of being at an event with you and uh, seeing you work your superpowers and your magic powers. Um, I would love for you to share with us maybe some crucial pieces of advice. How does somebody really go from that mentality of feeling like they're selling, which most of us hate to do, to feeling like you're really helping somebody and enrolling somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I would say that uh, the thing to really understand is is that it comes down to confidence. It comes down to believing in yourself, which is kind of, mm-hmm. as we're seeing, this really a big theme of today's con- uh, conversation. Um, you know, when you look at making an offer to somebody, you really want to ask yourself whether you believe in what you're offering. I think that's an mm-hmm. old sort of idea in sales. It's not a new idea, but it's impo- it's still like the most, you know, critical first thing is really like, do I believe in this thing? Because if there's a part of you that doesn't believe in it, then you're going to not, you know, be in a place where you're aligned with enrolling somebody into it. And uh, a big part of what I do with my clients is helping them step into that confidence. And a lot of times what has to do with is something that's actually beneath the surface. A lot of times we say we're confident or we say we have the answers, but deep down we have some kind of subconscious block that has us in basically in conflict with ourselves. And so, I mean, the simple thing here is really to look at the idea that is it really a bad thing for this person to buy whatever you're offering, or is it actually a great thing? A lot of times, you know, it's hard for us to see what happens 
later, not just when we you know, help somebody, but what happens to them beyond that moment. I think it's important for us to look at if you are a transformational agent in any way, shape, or form, if it, it, it all, in whatever you do, you're helping somebody in some way, shape, or form make their lives better, lives better. You want to really be looking at if, um, you know, you, you know, what it is that you could do that could change the trajectory of this person's life. Like, it's so easy to just say, well, I sell this particular service. But if I could tell you the story after story of people who Mm -hmm. I've helped with sales that went on to, like, create a family or move out from living with, with somebody as a roommate and get their own place or, you know, be able to create a higher level of their business where they're now a known leader in their space. Some of these things happen later beyond when I worked with them, but it was a starting point that shot them off in that direction. And when you think about that as a, as a salesperson, it's important to realize that you could be doing a disservice to this person by not enrolling them, by not standing for them. A lot of times we get in our own way and we make it about us. Like, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want, you know, what if I don't deliver for this client? Whatever it might be, it's all I focus. And so the Mm -hmm. first concept that I'd love to share is the idea of moving out of it being about you. And what I like to say, helping my clients become a conduit where you're a clean vessel. And it's not about you. In fact, I look at it like universal energies are moving through me to support that individual that I'm speaking with. And when I come from that place, what we're really looking at is being in alignment with universal laws and principles where the, where the concept or the principle behind everything is really more life to all. And the best thing that I can do if I believe in my service and if this person is a match to work with me, which may not be the case, and you can be authentic and say, this isn't a match, but if it is a match, the best thing that you can do is to stand for that person, get out of your own way and, and be there with them through the objections or through the discomfort of having them move through their fear because that short-term fear of the money they have to put down that's easy for them to get caught up in from a small self perspective. Oh, I have these bills to pay. I don't know if I should put this in front of it. But when we look at the long term again about who they become, about the transformation, that upfront investment, whatever it may be, is tiny compared to the transformation. Again, if it's a match, if you believe in, mm-hmm. in what you offer, and if you're kind of out of your own way and standing for them. And that's really that conduit mindset that I recommend everybody step into. Right. Well, and I think, you know, a good question to ask ask is, where will this person be in a year if they don't work with me? Where will this person be in a year if they don't buy my product or service? How could their life change if they had it? And I I totally agree with you. I think it's really hard to make that shift in mindset. I was really fortunate uh, when I first got into the industry that I'm in and first got into sales, I had major fears around selling. I really thought, wow, I I don't want to approach my family because they're going to feel obligated to buy from me. I don't want to make my friends feel uncomfortable. I don't want anybody to feel like they have to, you know, they're forced to buy something. And I had a really interesting experience. Um, I actually had, I I was uh, working in an industry and and, um, in health and wellness and had some products and services that I was offering to people. And I remember um, being too scared to talk to my family about it. And in particular, I had a brother, he's he's in fitness and health. Um, He is just very knowledgeable and and has a huge scientific background. And I thought, well, this is going to be too out there for him. This is going to be too woo-woo for him. And I remember him calling me one day and he says, hey, Allison, 
uh, don't you use, and I was, I was in essential oils. He said, don't you use these essential oils? I said, yes. He said, well, don't you help other people use them? I said, yes. And he said, why didn't you tell me about these? I just went to a class and I learned about them and um, tried it on my son and it's been helping him on your nephew. And why didn't you tell me about this? Why, 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 why haven't you told me about it before? And I remember in that moment thinking, wow, I wasn't doing him a favor. I was actually doing him a disservice. And, um, uh, it wasn't long after that that I actually had a dream that absolutely changed my life, and I'll just share it with you briefly. It's not something that I share lightly. It's something that I feel really prompted to share, but I think, Sean, this goes right into what you're saying, and it's so important for people to understand. In my dream, uh, it, which I totally consider a gift from God, I was in, I was, I was at a swimming pool, and I remember I was sitting you know, about halfway in, and my arms stretched out, could feel the cool concrete beneath my arms, had my eyes closed, was enjoying the sun on my face and it was a pool where there were lots of family and children and I could hear these joyful screams of children before they jumped in the pool. I was just totally enjoying the moment and in my dream I, I perceived a shadow coming across my face and when I opened my eyes I saw that the, the sun had been covered by some dark clouds and they weren't ominous but they were they were dark and I remember this voice came to my head of my mom when I was younger saying hey get out of the pool if there's any chance of rain it's not safe and uh, nobody else seemed concerned but I couldn't shake that feeling so I got out of the pool I went to the dressing room and I just finished changing there were a few other people in there when suddenly I heard this horrible zapping sound uh, and I heard mm. screams coming from the pool and I watched as everybody in the dressing room around me ran towards the lobby and ran towards safety and I remember in that moment thinking I have two choices here I can run the opposite direction towards safety or I can go back towards the pool. And I knew the pool had been struck by lightning. I knew that that's what had happened. And I knew that there were people suffering. I could hear it. And I thought I could spare myself the pain, the carnage. I don't know what I'm going to do anyway. I could run towards safety or I could go back and try and help those people. And I made the conscious decision to go back. And as I walked into the pool area, I could see that there were people in the pool that were suffering. They were being electrocuted or shocked. And the people outside of the pool would try and help them out. But every time they would touch them, they'd get shocked too and they couldn't help them. And I remember just saying a prayer in my head, like, God, help me. What should I do? And I got the thought to look down at my feet. Look down. There were a pair of yellow rubber gloves, like the kind you use uh, to wash dishes. And I remember I knew what I had to do. I put those gloves on and went over to the pool and extended my hand. And someone grabbed onto my hand and I started pulling him out of the pool. And that's when I woke up and I was just shaking. And I thought, you know, this is a dream. That's something I can learn from. And what I learned was... Just like in the dressing room, each of us has a choice in life. You know, there are people in pain and suffering, and and we can look the other way. We don't have to help people. We don't have to put ourselves out there. And and you know what? Some people choose not to, and I'm not going to judge them. Um, but in my life, I want to make a conscious choice to help the people around me that are in suffering and in pain. And, uh, and, you know, with the rubber gloves, I realized each of us has been given different tools to be able to help people. Now, we can't get in the pool with them, but we can use those God-given gifts and talents and extend our hand and at least try and help them. And I think that's what sales is really all about. You have, you have a God-given gift or talent that you've developed into something that you're trying to use to help somebody. And if you don't ever extend that hand, you know, they don't have the opportunity to get out of their pain and suffering. And uh, mm. so that's what I learned. But I wanted to share that with you, and I wanted to come All back that. to uh, I wanted to come back to Oba. Oba, one of the things that you do is really help people have high performance 
under pressure, and we're all under a lot of pressure uh, in our life, and we all really want to use those God-given gifts and talents to be that conduit like Sean was talking about. But, you know, I'll be honest with you, there are times I feel overwhelmed, there are times I feel like I, I just can't do it, like, you know, I'm stepping up to that start line and the gun goes off and I'm frozen there in the blocks. Um, what are your tips and advice to really live a high-performance life under pressure? Yeah, you know, what's one of the, before I, I jump into that, what's one of the interesting things is that I mm-hmm. sit here, I'm taking notes from both you and, uh, and Sean talking, mm-hmm. and, and it's interesting uh, how you all brought up the, the, this idea of being a conduit and transforming people's lives, because I think that resonates strongly with me and perhaps many of the listeners who are, are doing similar things, is that we're humans trying to help other human beings. Yeah. So, 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 for example, you asked about the, the tips about high performance. I think everyone at some stage has anxiety about performing under stress, you know, whether that's going out and trying to win an Olympic medal or trying to, to do well on an exam or before performance, you know, or a job interview, something that's highly stressful. I think we all have a certain level of anxiety, but there are a couple of things that I, I want to share where I found them useful, and you know, it's it's a continual process, even for me, mm-hmm. you know, because as I said, I'm human. I struggle with some things, and I know at times people don't want to expose their humanity, but to me, it's wonderful. This is who I am. This is who we are, and we're just trying to become better. So I want to share four things that I think can possibly be useful when you're approaching high-stress situations and you want to achieve your best. And the first one is to really go after specific stretch goals. Now, I know a lot of people set personal goals for themselves, mm-hmm. and they, they reach those goals. But really, under stress, you're uncomfortable. It's a situation often where it's less than ideal. And if you don't practice putting yourself in what I call crucible situations, situations where you have to to dig deeper, situations mm-hmm. where you're around other people who have done more than, than you've done, who have excelled, then when you reach that stage where you have to perform and things are unsure or unclear, then more likely than not, you're going to shrink because you're actually not prepared. So really, what this is about, it's about stretching yourself. Oh, I totally, totally agree. I think so often we get in our comfort zones and we don't push ourselves. We don't stretch ourselves to new to new levels and into new limits. I remember, gosh, Oba, as you were talking, you know, one of the best things I've ever done in my life was choose to become an international speaker. One of the scariest things for me that I've ever done was step on that plane to India. And um and I'd never been to a developing country. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know, I, I, I just, it was, there were so many unknowns for me. And I remember having, and I, I don't really have them very often, but I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder as a child and have struggled with anxiety, you know, throughout my life. But I remember having like this full on panic attack as I'm getting on the plane to go to India and remember thinking, okay, I have two choices right now. I can turn around and I can run the other way and I can keep living my comfortable life and speaking in the same circles I've spoken in, or I can just buck up. I can be uncomfortable. I can get on this plane and I can go into the unknown and hopefully it's going to change my life. And I remember 
it absolutely, I mean, just the experiences I had over there were incredible and phenomenal. But we all have those times in our life, right? Where, where we have the exactly. choice. <laughs> so, you know, exactly. that's, uh, you know, really pushing and stretching your comfort zone. You were, you were saying that your mom was always saying, and, and oh, but after, after you, you tell us your mom's quote, we're going to need to go to break. So we'll hear the other three things when we come back. But uh, what does your mom say about sure. this? I love what so my mom always just my mom always used to say, "Hey, son, once you do your best, angels can't do better." Oh, and wow. I used to say, "Oh, that's true." But but the thing also is, your best is constantly evolving. So it's not just good enough that my best three years ago represents my best. It's a constant quest to make your best better. Yeah. I love that. I love that thought of making your best better. Uh, one other thought that we'll leave on before break. I was listening to a Joel Olstein podcast yesterday. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Joel Olstein's a, a pretty um, famous pastor, and he he does this podcast. And one of the things that he says to remember when you're going into uncomfortable situations or when you have hard things in your life, just remember you have a history with God, meaning that God's helped you get to this certain point. So He's certainly going to help you. Uh, uh, get get to the next level of your life and put your faith and trust in him. So uh, thank you so much, Oba. When we come back, we're going to hear Oba's final three tips on how to take your life to the next level, how to really live that high-performance life. We're going to hear more from Sean Stewart and find out a little bit about what these guys are up to today and how you can get a hold of them. Don't go anywhere. I'm Allison H. Larson, and you're listening to Spotlight. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. 
To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I'm I'm here multitasking. I'm uh, trying to do little hearts on my Facebook Live uh, while I'm doing the show. But you know what they say about multitasking? It's really a myth. But we all try and do it. So anyway, if you <laughs> just had to put my hearts there. We have so many great people today joining us on Facebook Live. Um, Renee's joining us. Shanna's joining us. We've got great guests today on the phone. Um, and I know all of those of you who are listening can feel that high frequency. One of the things I love about radio, and I love about TV, I love about the stage is there's this word frequency. And there's, of course, the megahertz, the frequency of the, the radio wavelengths going out, the, the TV wavelengths, the frequency of our voice actually, you know, projecting and, and reaching people. But along with that frequency is the, the frequency of our emotions and our intentions and what we're feeling. And I just feel so much love and power today um, on our show and, and just really grateful to, to have you guys on here. So thank you so much, uh, Sean and Oba, for joining us. If you're just joining us now, we have Oba Deli Thompson uh, with us today. Uh, he is an Olympic gold medalist, the only uh, medalist in the 100 meter from Barbados, and is teaching people today about high performance. And before break, Oba, you were talking about step number one for high performance is really pushing your comfort zone, continually uh, growing. And to do that, you do have to set goals that stretch you and push you a little bit. Uh, what are your other three tips for high performance? Just in case the people go out there and think, um, uh, you know. Uh, but the three others are, you really have to identify and harness your motivations. Mm -hmm. I'm sure most of your listeners know there are a lot of periods in time when to do the groundwork necessary to to be successful. There's a lot of mundane things that have to be done. The challenges that, that arise. These mm -hmm. things are inevitable in, in all of our lives. And I think having a certain clarity about why we're doing it, what is our purpose, allows us to have that extra fuel in our tank, especially when it feels like, like if we're coming to the end of our road. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's really important just to know why am I doing this and spend time thinking about it, whether or not that's, you know, you're doing something for your own personal or professional security, whether, whether you are doing it to, to be a voice for other people or to help other people. Having those type of goals, ha having that type of clarity, sorry, about your motivations is very important. Mm. along the process. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And not only having that clarification, but like you said, remembering <laughs> your why yeah, as you go exactly. along, because it can be so easy to get weighed down with uh, all the, the challenges around us. Uh, love that. Step yeah. number two, what's step number three? Three is, is what I call establishing a solid state. And, and, and by this, I mean, most times when you're under, you're coming out to a pressure situation, things mm -hmm. aren't ideal. Right. And it's very important to, at some stage, trust what you have. And, and stop tinkering. Stop tinkering and just do it. Um, oftentimes, there, there can be a temptation, well, this is not right, that's not right. You know, let's keep twisting, let's keep moving this, let's keep moving. And at some stage, I think when you do this too often, especially when you just have to perform and, and get it done, is it actually can undermine your confidence and it can compromise the strategies and the things that you work so hard to achieve. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I know something happened to me like uh, right before World Championships about 10 days before World Championships. I was in tremendous shape. And my team, who they're brilliant, but we just said, hey, we're going to go to the next level. And you know what we did? We changed my diet. Yeah, it was the healthiest diet I ever had. We cut out sugars. We cut out all my junk food that I was eating and all that other stuff. And then what happened? It was just too much, too late. And it really messed everything up that we were working so hard to achieve. I went from being a potential medalist to finish, finishing outside the medals. And then when we did a review, we looked at it as, hey, we're trying stuff that we never proved before at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there comes a time when you have to, you know, experiment. But as you're coming up to something big, it's, it's, it's important to reach that settled state where you say, hey, it might not be ideal, but this is what we have, and we go for it. Yeah, I like that. And there's a difference between pushing your comfort zone and, uh, you know, constantly striving to do better and, and trusting a process that, hey, this has worked for me so far. Um, I'm going to I'm going to trust this because now's the not the time to mess with it, right? I, I see that exactly. so often, like a speaker's going on stage, right? And they have this presentation. It's an amazing presentation. They've used it, you know, other times before it has proven results. And they're like, oh, I think I'm just going to adjust it a little bit. I think I'm just going to change it. You know, the, the, the 11th hour, and I'm sure there's exceptions to the rules, but 90% of the time, that's not the right move. They regret doing it. They're like, why did I mess with this? You know, if, if you're going to change something, make sure you do it at a time that's not you're you're you you aren't under the pressure you know so i love that yeah. and, uh and then your final step it's it's really just embrace the moment mm-hmm. you know a lot of people shy away from the pressure right and i think those who, who really excel are the ones who accept it for what it is it's high pressure but also see the opportunity to expand themselves, to defy mm-hmm. odds, to, yeah. to, to really silence critics, or to, to see, did I really prepare properly? And I think the approach has to be more of not fueled by the fear of failure, but fueled by the possibilities that exist of, from me doing my best at this moment. Yeah. And, 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 and really launching out into the deep. And the truth about it is, like, I came third. I, I trained to come first right? But in the process of just accepting the moment for what it was and embracing it totally, all that pressure and just going out to, to, to do my best, yeah, I didn't come first, but you know, I also had a chance to create history. And I know for many people, for their own lives, they're creating history. They're, mm-hmm. they're creating things for themselves, for the people that look up to them, for the people that depend on them. You just got to go and do it. And it doesn't have to always be perfect. But you go and you launch out into the deep. You enjoy the process of being alive and the process of having the opportunity to do something that you're passionate about, something that you work hard towards, and, and you just enjoy the moment. Hmm. I, that That's so true. I think so often we're worried about the future or we're, we're worried yeah. about the past and we forget to just embrace the moments. We get in this mode under these high-pressure situations. What if I fail? What's that going to look like? How am I going to feel? And what we're really doing is we're creating subconsciously a reality that doesn't exist. We're putting our bodies through stress, stress and pressure. And But what if you succeed, you know? Or what if you yeah. don't? It's just, just being able to embrace and enjoy that moment. Thank you so much. Sean, what are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, you know, I was 
inspired by something that I watched Usain Bolt after he had won some uh, one of his Olympic golds and and he mentioned I think on this quick uh, broadcast he was on he was talking about you know they would say well, did you feel tight or you know were you nervous and he was like no nah, like I'm having fun like he was like he, he was like the you know the, the more loose I am the better I perform and mm. I never um, I, ne- I, I never forgot that it, it's always stuck in me I'm like this is somebody performing at the highest level and they're like you know saying that the looser they are the better they perform and I think that it's easy to fall back into letting fear be the driver and I'll be the first to admit that I have done that and that has been I've used fuel to create things and it can create things but I do think that there is a, there's a downside to it and there is a much more uh, higher level of success a higher level of sustainability without success that comes from when you are in a, a powerful and positive state in in the face of something that I think most people might be nervous or afraid of um, and so it's a great reminder and it is something that I do, but it is something that I have to keep reminding myself of because I fall back into the, yeah. the fuel, fear, fear, fuel by fear, you know. Well, it's, it's so awesome. true. Well, you really are today helping people overcome their fears when it comes to sales conversations. And I know you've worked with some amazing seminar leaders. You have your own events that you do and uh, people are really drawn to you and coming to you for advice. Who who do you work with? Who's your Who's your ideal client? There's somebody listening right now and they're like, yeah, you know, I'd really love to just learn how to be more authentic when I'm talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. I would love to learn how to embrace the sales process because I know the success of my business is uh, dependent on that, but I just don't feel comfortable. Uh, who, who do you work with? I love working with change agents. You might be a coach, a consultant, an author, a speaker, somebody who's out there, you know, making a difference in other people's lives. And I love working with somebody who has a huge mission, but they have this fear or discomfort around sales because the old model of sales is broken and it's still kind of continued to this day where people are teaching conscious sales that still has remnants of the old model. So people are sort of feeling like they can't get inside of being a salesperson because everything they've ever seen is contrary to their natural way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I stand for that person stepping into a whole new paradigm where sales is actually, as we've kind of brought up in this conversation, it's the greatest tool that we have as humans to cause transformation in another mm-hmm. individual. When you see that it, that way versus it's this corrupt sort of thing, like when people say, I don't want to be salesy, like salesy is a negative word about sales. It just shows how much sales has been kind of synonymous with seal stealing and lying and cheating for so many years. But what if it was actually synonymous with transformation and personal Mm -hmm. growth? When you see it from that perspective, you actually feel inspired to sell or to enroll because you realize that it helps that person, but it also helps you because every moment that you sit in a conversation with somebody and you have that opportunity to enroll them, it causes you to grow if you're learning it the right way and you're aligned with universal principles. So you get to be a better person and you get to help other people be better. To me, there's nothing better than that. And so I'm looking for those people who want to create a, you know, a bigger impact, a bigger income, and really be able to make you know, the difference they're here to make. And enrollment is that channel to do so. If, you, if anybody listening feels averse to sales, scared of it, feel uncomfortable, feel like it's pushy, all those energies, I stand for the idea that you can love sales, feel inspired by it, empowered by it, and in doing so, you can close all, like a, a level of sales that you are not even aware of is possible for you. So that's, 
the kind of person. How I can someone for. how can someone get a hold of you if they feel like that that fits them that description? Yeah, I would I would just love to extend a, an invitation for someone to have a, a breakthrough session with me. And and the best way to do that is to simply go to tinyurl.com. It's just tinyurl.com forward slash session with Sean, S-E-A-N, session with Sean, tinyurl.com forward slash session with Sean. Be a little quick questionnaire, learn a little bit about you, and then it'll get you right over to my calendar where we can have an in-depth conversation and uncover the core lever point that's in the way for me being yeah. successful. Well, I will literally uncover the central item. <laughs> meanwhile, I wanted you to say session with Sean five times fast in a row. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. that's a time. <laughs> so, uh, Obadeli, you are taking people to the next level in their performance. You are a high-performance coach. You you are a speaker. You are an author. How can somebody get a hold of you uh, to find out more about how what you've done, how they can work with you, how they can get your book? Where do they go? And unfortunately, I don't have something as sexy as tiny URL <laughs> last last sessions with Sean. <laughs> but you can visit my website Obadele Thompson. That's O B A D E L E Thompson dot com. Find out a little bit more about me. Um, some of my philosophy and just there's a, a, a contact information there for me just drop me a line and, and we can chat and just like Sean Sean does his uh, assessment and, and dialogue with you and, and that's really what it is it's about um, I don't feel I have every answer and oftentimes, you know answers are within people or they're right around people and I think sometimes it's people overlook or they don't realize what's right within their grasp. And so for me, it's about helping people uh, figure out what's around them to succeed where they are to improve their performance. And that's a great and that's I, a great thought. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off. We are actually going, going over right now. I've got my Voice America team saying, ah, we got to stop. We got to stop. It's been such a fun show. That's a great thought to end on. You know, reach out to Oba. Reach out to Coach. See, uh, you know, it's always hard to see the picture when you're inside the frame. Uh, make sure and check out his website and go there. Ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous Oba Deli Thompson. Uh, medalist from the country Barbados in the Sydney Olympics and Sean Stewart, high performance sales coach. So great, great show today, guys. Thank you for joining us. I'm Allison H. Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.